Hello there. This was meant to be a formal debate on the Trinity doctrine of myself, a Christian, versus a Muslim. And so the openings were done, then my rebuttal was done, and then after a month of waiting, I didn't get back any more material from the Muslim, and I thought it would be a shame to let this material go unpublished. So I'm publishing what was done in this discussion, if you like, about the Trinity doctrine of Christianity versus the Islamic denial of the Trinity. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the debate. My name is Paul Martin. I'm a Catholic apologist and I have a podcast called Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast in which I defend the Christian faith, that is the Catholic brand of the Christian faith. And I'm debating a Muslim fundamentalist, Muhammad Asif Ibn Farouk. And I'd like to thank him for the opportunity to have a debate on Is God a Trinity? Is Christianity correct in saying that the one true God is one God in three persons, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit? Or is the Quran correct in saying that God is not a trinity and that God never had a son and that God has never taken the form of a human being? It's going to depend on what your authority is. If your authority is the Quran, then of course you will reject the trinity. But if your authority is the Bible, I will demonstrate in my opening how the Bible teaches the Trinity doctrine and that this is the true God that was revealed to the people of God, to the ancient Israelites and the Jews and then on to the Christians and that Muhammad came along with a completely different and false teaching which contradicted what the people of God had believed in the past. There are many mysteries about God that we mortal humans cannot fully comprehend. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says the Lord. So God is whoever he says he is, and we must accept this. The Bible teaches that there is only one God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 6 says, There is only one God, the Father from whom all things are and in whom we are, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we are and whom all things are and by whom we are. So there is one God, the Father Almighty, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 6 is expanding on Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, which says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So it's talking about the Lord and God. This one God has a plurality within himself. 
Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God says, And he said, Let us make man in our image and likeness. So we see that God says, Let us, which is plural, in our image. And he made human beings, male and female, in his image. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 and he said, Behold, Adam has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And in Genesis chapter 11, verse 7, with the Tower of Babel, God said, Let us descend, and in that place confound their tongue. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Psalm 110 verse 1, it says, The Lord said to my Lord. And then we also come to the plurality within the oneness of God in the book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah 48, we hear the Messiah speaking. Isaiah 48 and verse 12 says, Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I call. I am the same, I am the first, and I am the last. And then in verse 16, a, little, a few verses down, it says, Draw near to me and listen to this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time before it happened I was there. And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you. So we see God speaking. God says, I am the first and the last. I'm your Redeemer. And he says, the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. And that is the characteristics that Jesus took on. Jesus was the Redeemer who sacrificed on the cross for the sins of the world. And then we find God praised in three times, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3. And then the last command Jesus gave to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 Verses 18 and 19, Jesus said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now this was after they were worshipping him. He said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he says, Therefore, go and teach all nations, baptising them in the name, singular, he says the name, not the names, the name, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in the time of Jesus, Gentiles, Romans that wanted to convert to Judaism were baptised in the name of the God of Israel. And so Jesus was applying this to the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we find the three members of the Trinity were involved in the creation of the universe. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning God created heaven and earth, 
And then verse 2 says, And so the Spirit of God was brought over the waters. So here was God and his Holy Spirit creating the world. And we find that echoed in the baptism of Jesus, where we see all three members of the Trinity. The Father says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus gets baptised in the water and then we find the Spirit of God, like in Genesis 1, was hovering over the waters. This time it was in the form of a dove. But was Jesus himself involved in the creation of the world and was he God himself? Well, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and nothing was made that was made without him. And then verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh, and he lived among us, and we saw his glory like that of an only begotten Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus was with God and was God. And that is the Trinity, my friends. But did God ever take on human flesh? In the Exodus of Moses, we read about how God took the pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. But has he ever taken on human flesh? And the answer is yes. In Genesis chapter 18, Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 to 15, it says that God took human form and ate food with Abraham. And some of you might think, well, how can an eternal God do that? Well, an eternal God can do anything. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 to 32, tells the story about how God took human form and wrestled with Jacob. Now, I met a Jew once and I explained that to him to show that God has been incarnated and he just said, no, no, that was just a dream he had. But if you read the passage there, it doesn't say it was a dream and it says that Jacob suffered a limp from that wrestling match for the rest of his life. So it was not a dream or a vision he had. It was God taking on human flesh. And it probably sounds odd and bizarre. Why would an eternal God take on human flesh and wrestle with a man? And it's a story that tells us about how human beings wrestle against God with our sinful nature and our struggles and God is gracious and merciful to us despite that. But it also teaches that God has taken on human form in the past. The scriptures teach us there is one God. It teaches that the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. But the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are each distinct persons from one another. So where does it say that? Well, we'll look at the scriptures to support it. The first one, the Father is God. The very fact that 
God is called Father is an alien belief to Muslims. Muslims reject the concept of God being a father. God is love and God is father are two fundamental attributes of God in Christianity, but they are completely foreign to Islam. So Malachi chapter 2 verse 10 says, Don't we all have one father? Hasn't one God created us? And in John chapter 20 verse 17, Jesus said, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. Here we see Jesus was clearly saying that the father is God. Does that mean, therefore, he can't possibly have been God if he was calling the Father God? And the answer is no. He was simply affirming the Godhood of God the Father while not denying his own Godhood. Just because the Son calls the Father God doesn't mean the Son is not God because we find that the Father also calls Jesus God. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 it says but about the son that's the father he says your throne O God is forever and ever John chapter 5 verse 18 he even said that God was his father making himself equal with God and the prophesied Messiah was going to be God incarnate Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says the virgin shall be with child and his name shall be called Emmanuel which means God with us and Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the leadership is placed upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then in the book of Revelation, in chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus speaks. He says, I am, uh, Revelation 1, 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And he continues talking, and then in verses 17 and 18, the Lord Almighty continues to speak. He says, I am the first and the last, and I am alive though I was dead. And behold, I live forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. Now Muslims ask, how can an eternal God die? Well, God didn't die in his entirety, Jesus was God the Son manifested in the flesh. His fleshly incarnation of God died and was resurrected, but his spirit was alive the whole time. I go on further. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another. So God clearly says he does not give his glory to another. In John chapter 17 verse 5, J 
Jesus said, And now, Father, glorify me within yourself with the glory that I had with you before the world ever was. So Jesus cannot have shared the glory with God the Father unless he was himself God. And in Isaiah chapter 6, and Isaiah was written about 700 years before the time of Christ. The Christians have the book of Isaiah and so do the Jews. It is the same book of Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 6, so it's not a fabrication by Christians, in Isaiah chapter 6, he had his vision of God on the throne. And John chapter 12 verse 41 says that Isaiah was seeing Jesus on that throne. So if you compare Isaiah chapter 6 with John chapter 12 verse 41. So we see the Father is God and the Son is God. And then we find the Holy Spirit is God. Isaiah 63 verse 10 says, But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. And I cited Genesis 1-2 about the Spirit of God creating the world. And in John chapter 4 verse 24 it says, God is spirit, and so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And the Holy Spirit is also a personal being not an impersonal energy force, as the Jehovah's Witnesses claim. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, Now the Spirit has clearly said. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are each distinct persons from one another. They're not one God in one person. Matthew chapter 12 verse 32 says that the blasphemy of the Son of Man will be forgiven, but not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And Mark chapter 13 verse 32 says concerning the second coming of Jesus... Only the Father knows. So clearly, they are not the same person. And there have been numerous heresies that have challenged the Catholic Church through the centuries that were rejected because they did not line up with what the Bible teaches and what the church tradition teaches. There was Arianism, which says that Jesus is a lesser God. He's a God, but not quite God Almighty. Then there is modalism. Modalism claims there's one God, but he puts on three different masks. So at the baptism of Jesus, that would be Jesus being baptised, and then as a ventriloquist saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, and then the Holy Spirit hovers above himself. Of course, that's quite silly, but that's what modalism teaches in the trinity the three distinct persons that make up the one godhead interact with one another because god is a relational god god created humans for friendship for a relationship for adoption as sons and daughters and because god is love and therefore god 
wants to relate to us and to relate to himself. Another heresy rejected is tritheism, the idea that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are each three different gods. And that is absurd, as we showed. There is one God. And if we were to claim that the Trinity is one God and three gods, then of course it's absurd. But that's not what we're claiming. We're not claiming it's one person and three persons, or one God and three gods. We're saying one God in three persons. And then there, of course, there was Gnosticism, which said that Jesus never had a human body and was to deny the incarnation. But the scripture clearly shows he had a human body of flesh and he ate food. Uh, what did the early Christians believe? Did they believe in the Trinity or were they like Muslims? And the answer is they believed in the Trinity. We find the Trinitarian baptism formula mentioned in 50 AD in a book called the Didache, which quotes extensively from the four Gospels. So the Gospels that we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, are reliable testimonies to the beliefs of the early Christians. There is also the Evening Hymn, which was written in the 1st or 2nd century AD, and it says, We praise the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. It is right at all times to worship you with joy joyful voices. And then in Ignatius of Antioch, in his letter to the Ephesians, sections 1 and 18, Ignatius of Antioch was an early Christian and he knew the Apostle John personally. And he wrote, Being united and elected through the true passion by the will of the Father and Jesus Christ our God, Abundant happiness through Jesus Christ and his undefiled grace. And then he says, For our God, Jesus Christ, was, according to the appointment of God, conceived in the womb of Mary, of the seed of David, but by the Holy Spirit. He was born and baptised, that by his passion he might purify the water. So they very clearly believed in the Trinity and in the divinity of Christ. And then we have Polycarp, who also knew Ignatius and the Apostle John, and he died in 155 AD. And in Polycarp's Carp's martyrdom, chapter 14, verse 3, Polycarp said, I bless you, I glorify you through the eternal and heavenly high priest, Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, through whom, with him, and the Holy Spirit, be glory both now and for the ages to come. Amen. So that is the Trinitarian prayer of the early Christians and what they believed. So we've established that the Trinity is supported by the biblical teaching. It was part of the early Christian tradition. But what about Muhammad?
what about what Muhammad said? Shouldn't we consider his views? Was he the last great prophet of God? Well, more than half a millennium after the last book of the Bible had been written, uh, 600 years after Jesus had came and taught, along came Muhammad. And Muhammad is followed by over a billion Muslims all over the world. There are laws in some countries like Pakistan where it's the death penalty for saying anything negative about Muhammad. And they insist that the rest of the world should accept Muhammad as God's prophet. And if that's the case, then we should very seriously consider, was Muhammad God's prophet? And if he was, we should all become Muslims and we should reject the Trinity and we should accept everything that the Quran says. Well, let's have a look at the evidence. Bukhari is the hadith, the traditions of Muhammad. The Quran is supposed to be the direct revelations that Muhammad got from God. And then there is the biographies of Muhammad. I'm going to look only at these original primary sources of Islam to see whether or not Islam is the true religion and whether or not Muhammad was God's prophet. Bukhari, volume 1, number 92, says that Muhammad got angry when he was asked questions he didn't like answering. Um, he thought that the day of judgment had come in his own lifetime. Bukhari, volume 2, number 167, says the sun eclipsed and the prophet, that's Muhammad, got up thinking it might be the hour, that is the hour of judgment. In Bukhari, volume 7, number 660, it says magic was working on Allah's apostle so that he used to think that he had had sexual relations with his wives while he actually had not. The question is, can we trust anything Muhammad said then if he believed he'd had sexual relations with his wives when in fact he had not. He claims that he cut the moon in half in Bukhari volume 5, numbers 208 to 211. The question is how on earth did he do it? Did he have a really, really big sword that reached across the space to do it? And... The Quran claims that the sun sets in a pond of black mud and it rises on a scorched people. The Quran, chapter 18, verses 80 to 90, talks about Dalquanain, which most commentators think is Alexander the Great, that he saw the sun setting in a pond of black mud and then he saw it rising on a scorched people. Bukhari, volume 2, number 41, and volume 4, number 783, tells us about a palm tree that cried and that Muhammad went and comforted this palm tree that was crying. In order for trees to cry, they need vocal cords, they need eyes, they need a mouth, they need lungs. And we know that palm trees don't 
Christ. So this is an absurdity. We also know that the moon was never chopped in half. And people accused Muhammad of being insane. Uh, the Quran, chapter 34, verse 46, and chapter 81, verse 22, says that other people accused him of being bewitched. The Quran, chapter 25, verse 8, and of being a fraud in the Quran, chapter 25, verse 4. Well, Bukhari, volume 4, numbers 400 and 490, say that Muhammad was bewitched. It says that magic was working on Muhammad and he began to imagine doing things that he had not, in fact, done. And the Hadith also says that there were four contradictory versions of the Quran and there were manuscripts lost when it was gathered together. That's not a perfectly preserved Quran. And Muhammad said, if a Muslim discards his religion, kill him. Bukhari, volume 4, number 260. And he had people murdered who left Islam in Bukhari, volume 5, number 630. And then there was also the Satanic Verses incident, where due to pagan pressure, Muhammad admitted that Allah had three goddess daughters, Alat, Al-Uzza and Manat. And later on, he admitted that he had been under the influence of Satan. And this is recorded in the earliest biographies of Muhammad. Ibn Ishaq, sections 165 to 167, Al-Tabari, volume 6, Ibn Sa'd, Kitab al-Tabakat al-Kabir, volume 1, parts 1 and 2, and in Al-Waqidi, The Life of Muhammad, volume 2. Muhammad said in Al-Tabari, volume 6, section 111, he said, I have fabricated things against God and have imputed to him words which he has not spoken. So this, my friend, to my Muslim brothers and sisters, this is why we Christians reject Muhammad and we reject what he had to say about the Trinity and God. Instead, we accept that the Bible is God's word and God wouldn't let his word become changed and corrupted. And then some man who claims that he was chopping the moon in half comes along and says, it's all wrong, you've got to accept me as your prophet. Well, that ends my opening. Thank you for listening. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم I seek refuge of Satan from Allah in the name of Allah most merciful and gracious قالوا إني عبد الله والآتاني الكتاب جيال النبي صدق الله صدق الله رضي الله in these words that I have recited from the chapter 19 of Quran, Surah Maryam, chapter of Mary, Jesus says here that I am a servant of God and he made me a prophet 
and he blessed me wherever I go and made obligatory for me prayers, charity as long as I live. Peace be upon the day I born, peace be upon the day I will die, peace be upon on that day I will be raised up for the day of judgment. So in this verse of the Quran, it clearly mentions that Jesus is not the part of Trinity according to Muslim beliefs. So we are going to talk about Trinity and Tawheed. Trinity is a Christian belief or a Christian theology that I'll explain further. Let me explain you the Tawheed. First of all, the Tawheed is an Islamic belief or Jewish belief also of pure monotheism. Any pure monotheism you can call that Tawheed, which means oneness of God, which comes from Hamd, which means uniqueness. Sorry, not Hamd. It's like something different. I forgot. Okay, let's continue. So, whenever somebody makes a claim about somebody to be God, some person to be God, something to be God, like there are theologies like Trinity, Paganism, there are many theologies. So, let me explain the Trinity. The Trinity is a Christian belief, belief that is applied by Paul, applied by Paul, means it came first through the Paul the apostle so-called apostle i don't believe so and in that trinity people believe that father is a person and the holy god is a person and the son is a person father is almighty and the son is almighty and the holy ghost is almighty father is god the holy ghost is a ghost and the son is god okay so they got three god hats in a one god First of all, when I heard this first in my life, I was a little bit confused. So this is what Trinity is. So let's continue. So the Father is God and the Holy Ghost is God and Son is God. So let's check the Father. Many Christian things that we deny that Father is God. See, the way you say the Son when you quote John 3.16, the God so, gold, uh, so loved the world, so he gave his only begotten son. There are many sons in the Bible, but this one is something unique, like begotten. The word used begotten. begotten the begotten word means itself. You had sexual relationship someone with someone and you begot a child. This is what is begotten means. But if you are say the son of God, the way Bible explains, if you follow the commandments of the God, you are the son of God. This is what Bible says. And there are many sons of God. Jesus never claimed to be God in any of the Gospels himself. I'm not talking about the Paul writings, Corinthians, Philippians. And Galatians, I'm not talking about them or Revelation or anything. Many times he quoted pastor, respected pastor Paul J. Martin. He quoted uh, something from uh, Revelation, Theolians, Galatians, 
who cares about that nobody wants to hear that what paul said i want to hear what my master jesus said and let's go and you will never find any unambiguous unequivocal statement in the complete bible where jesus himself claims to be god where he says i'm god and worship me never you will find that he perhaps said i am the way and the life and the truth that is out of context if you see and he said i am alpha and omega first and the last which is in arabic awwal and akhir that these are also name of gods in quran but if you see this is in revelation if i'm correct so that is that is not a uh, revelation is not the work of jesus it is by paul it is it was a dream <laughs> i don't want to defame any religion first of all but let me tell you a joke not it's not a joke uh, it is something like more beast coming out of the earth eyes are outside eyes are inside see we also believe in the coming out of coming coming of the beast but eyes out uh, inside is little bit uh, weird means i don't want to defame anyone it's little bit weird okay so let's continue um and jesus perhaps said that i can do myself nothing i seek not my will but the will of my father and jesus said and holy ghost first of all you have to know who is the holy ghost in islam ruhul quds in arabic it means the holy spirit if you translate it properly in uk english they say holy ghost i don't know why so holy ghost is gabriel archangel archangel gabriel in islam so this is what we ought to believe and abraham was not a christian nor he was a jew he was a pure monotheist and when we see the old testament we find some parallelity that's true we find them but you have to know the what is semitic religion what the semitic religions language is they are hebrew arabic aramic and lot more many more so when you learn these languages you will find two types of pluralities like plural of respect and plural of numbers so wherever in the quran also you find a statement like us is it father is it god jibril and muhammad no it is not and quran says in of in 533 i think 533 if you kill any human being you will be you will means if you kill any human being you will kill it's like killing all humanity and if you save anyone it's like saving all human beings it means this is what uh, i'm answering some of the comments that came before uh, past that came in past videos okay so 
Harza. Catch. In John 17, verse number 3, he said, Father is only true God. I'm, I'm asking, is only means only in your language? Is that three? Is that three? I'm asking. Or if Father is only true God, then the rest of them are false God. This is what we can get a conclusion from this verse in the gospel of mark verse number 29 to 31 jesus said hear o israel the lord our god is one lord so the lord and the god so some 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 christian thinks that that is mentioning holy uh, means trinity so see when you say lord and god in it is senior Nomos is used synonymously. It has been used synonymously. I mean, honestly, in this word synonymously means God, Lord. These are same word used synonymously. In the Hebrew text, there is word akhad, which means one, which doesn't mean compound word. It means one. So how can we Two. How can two be one? Can be two. How can two be one? Okay, so let's go straight. Uh, we find some Hindus. They claim Rama to be God. When we go and ask them, is did he claim to be God ever? They say no. He have he didn't. Then we say get lost why the hell you are claiming him to be god when he didn't claim to be god some christian missionary went to china and there was some buddhist they said to them that we read all your scriptures buddha never claimed to be god i laugh at you then i replied to them in a call that the laugh as at you the laugh is at you jesus never claimed to be god and you made him a god and holy spirit the holy ghost in the bible bible the holy spirit wasn't co-equal before fourth century it means the trinity that people believed it's not was not in before fourth century present day they believe was not in the fourth century and and in the old testament you find the high god is jealous god you shall never have any god beside him this is what we find in all testaments and you mentioned and we find many statements in the bible which is pure monotheistic which is not trinity if you are talking about epistle of john verse 5 maybe that said the father and the son and Holy Ghost are one. Are 
Calvary. So in the revised standard of Bible, backed by 30 denominations and 30 DDs, Doctor of Divinity, they throw it out and the words of God's love the, is world so he gave only begotten son as a forgery as an interpolation okay in the gospel of mark jesus says on that day many will come to me and say lord lord we have done many mighty works in the name of you we cast out devils and done many mighty works so Jesus will reply that foot sack means it's my language it's not Bible means go away from me I didn't knew you why why he's not saying to Muslims why he's not saying to Hindus why he's not saying to Sikhs why he's only saying to Christians do you know why because he's not your Lord he's not your God he mentioned of oh, verse from Surah Surah I think mm, Surah Al-Kaf that sun sets in a sea and something about witchcraft which was done to prophet holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him so if that was the case you will find many scientific errors i will answer that about the uh, sun sets on mercury water i will answer that in rebuttal so but you will find many non-scientific facts not it's non-scientific non things in the bible about the creation the earth was made first then the sun then vegetation in fourth day then light came there will be a no vegetation without a light every child knows that every little child and about 15 minutes I think it's it is very easy to say that Trinity is a paganism which was invented just after Constantinople Constantine, uh, King Constantine accepted Christianity the Roman religion emerged into Christianity the real Christianity and it becomes Trinity and and we see some ahadiths in the Quran. Quran is the greatest miracle, by the way. It contains many scientific facts: Big Bang, Sun revolving in, on its axis, creation of universe, and many things in the Quran, which is mentioned were scientific miracles. Were scientific miracles. And, and many are to describe, uh, discover like aliens in Surah Asura God says 
we have created lives means lives beings and we put them into all the seven heavens and the seven earths so this is what in the quran surah ashura says so in the bible you cannot find the if you take bible as an authority so you cannot find the real location of noah where he came he came to my country the quran clarifies and the uh, hindu scripture also clarifies that he came to this country and the place quran mentioned is also now in india which is tanur which is in south india in surya sora there is mentioned that tanur was boiling when the color started and if you can take bible bible was not written by moses the old testament i'm talking about the four books nor by joshua the present day bible you have it was written by isra prophet isra if if i'm lying you can check the sources your sources it was taken by elohit source and yahweh source there are many sources was there to create it the real torah was broken or it was it, it was lost i don't know it is in your bible and like you say uh, the new gospels the gospel of mark luke and you know matthew didn't write matthew why because you find there uh, he not he's using his name not using i was there not means he is using his name and the muslim denies the person the gospels are not the bible of jesus christ that the jesus christ peace be upon him god and we believe that the bible first of all we have nothing problem with the bible but the verse 316 30 sorry john 316 is very 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 immoral and when you say immorality what lot was doing with his daughter in the cave what's the moral of this book what judah was doing with his own daughter in law was the moral insist 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 10 cases of insist and you are talking about words and something like that that you don't know in a context well that's hypocrisy man that's hypocrisy and when you speak the father is god and the son is god and the holy ghost is a god but there is only one god the father is a person and the holy ghost is a person and the son is a person this is what you say your catechism it continues the father is almighty and the son is almighty and the holy ghost is almighty i'm asking what language are you speaking english i know my english is not that good but i can understand a little bit is that english at my god it's gibberish not english i'm done with you but 
let me tell you some stories how God can move. So let, let me ask you a question, simple question. It's easy. If when Jesus was crucified, so-called crucifixion, I believe it's crucifixion, F-I-C-T-I-O-N, it's fiction, not fact. When crucifixion occurred, was Jesus was God or he was man on that time? What he was? Or if he was both, then how? Simple question. And you know, the crucifixion occurred for three hours, only three hours, and nobody can die in the cross in three hours. That's why we say uh, the verse of Surah. Uh, Chapter 3 of Quran, Surah Al-Dimra, Nor he was killed, nor he was, nor he was crucified. Allah took him up, means he raised up. So, this is the Islamic beliefs that I told you. And he mentioned some things that, that's not really in context about the question he asked that I'll answer in the rebuttal and many things and Jesus said I have many things say unto you but you cannot hear them now you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth shall come he will bear you unto truth who was the spirit of truth was his he was the holy spirit if he was the holy spirit why did why the church didn't got anything new the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth was Muhammad In the Bible, you will find many prophecies about Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. Because Quran also mentioned, we have a messenger of God. We have mentioned you in previous books. The book of Noah, peace be upon him. Prophet Noah, peace be upon him. The Vedas, the book of Noah, that is the name of Muhammad. Not Muhammad, it's Muhammad. And he will come from Marustan, which means desert. And he will be the last prophet. Last prophet. He's also mentioned as Kalki of that. And seven minutes left that I will give you, that I will give it to you as a charity, because I don't want to speak anymore. Yep, you can go ahead with your rebuttal. Thank you very much. For this opportunity, I respect. Well, Paul Martin here, back for my rebuttal. Uh, Paul the Apostle was recognised by the whole church as being God's Apostle and called by God. In the book of Acts, which was written by Luke, he affirms uh, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle, his transformation from a very hateful anti-Christian persecutor to an apostle of Christianity performing miracles and it talks about how he was persecuted for his faith in a resurrected Christ and I don't believe Paul the Apostle would have done that to trick people nor would he have been able to do that without the power of God um, uh, Farouk says that the Son of God is contrary to Islam and Jesus 
the thing is, is called the Son of God many times in Scripture, and Christians are the adopted sons and daughters of God. So God is a father, but that concept is foreign in Islam. Farouk also says, Jesus never said, I am God, worship me. We have no record of him saying those exact words in that exact order. But Jesus said many things not recorded in the Gospels. So he may well have said, I am God, worship me. <clears throat> and this is supported by the fact that he accepted worship and people calling him God. If he'd publicly said, I am God, worship me, he would have been stoned to death by the Jews. In John chapter 20, verses 27 to 29, the Apostle Thomas had some doubts about Jesus' resurrection. So Jesus got him to put his hand in the holes of Jesus' hands where he'd been crucified. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus accepted this worship and said, Blessed are you who have seen and believed, but more blessed are those who have not seen but still believe. <clears throat> so Jesus accepted that term of worship. And he wasn't saying my God in the expression of taking the Lord's name in vain, where Jesus would have rebuked him. He was saying, my God, literally to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, Jesus said that he will sit as the judge at the end of the world, casting some souls into heaven and others into hell. That is a role for God. And Jesus is the one doing that. Jesus said he had the authority to forgive sins in Matthew chapter 9 verse 2. And Jesus said he was Lord of the Sabbath in Mark chapter 2 verse 28. The Sabbath was a law instituted by God under the law of Moses. And Jesus was saying that he was Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus said he came to sacrifice his life to save others in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus said he is the judge of the world in John chapter 5, verses 22 to 27. So he works in harmony with the Father. And Jesus said that they must honour him as they honour God the Father. In John chapter 5, verse 23, Jesus said his disciples must pray to him to ask things in his name. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, and chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. And uh, Farouk, in his opening, asked about John chapter 17, verse 3, which says, This is eternal life that they should know you, that's the only true God, and him whom you sent, Jesus Christ. And that's presented as a problem for Christians because he calls the Father the only true God, 
But see, Jesus explained, I and the Father are one. In John chapter 10, verse 30, and in John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen the Father. And verse 11, I am in the Father and the Father in me. So when he was calling the Father the only true God, Jesus is one with him. He also says there was no trinity until the 4th century AD. But see, in my opening, I showed writings from the 1st and 2nd centuries AD. And there are many others. Theophilus of Antioch in 181 AD says the days of creation, he says, are types of the trinity. God, his word, and his wisdom in his two Autolycus, chapter 2, verse 15. Irenaeus of Lyons, in his Against Heresies, book 1, chapter 10, verse 1, written about 189 AD, this is centuries before Constantine, he writes that they believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are in them and in one Christ Jesus the son of God who became incarnate for our salvation and in the Holy Spirit and then Tertullian of Carthage in his against Praxius uh, section 2 this is about 218 AD more than a century before the time of Constantine talks about the Holy Spirit, the Paracleta, the sanctifier of the faith, and those who believe in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit. This rule of faith has come down to us from the beginning of the Gospel, even before any of the older heretics. And he wrote at great length, he said, The Father and the Son and the Spirit are inseparable from each other, so you will know in what sense this is said. My assertion is that the Father is one, and the Son one, and the Spirit one, and that they are distinct from each other. And that's from Against Praxius, section 9. And then in section 25, he says, thus the connection of the Father in the Son and of the Son in the Paracleta, that's the Holy Spirit, produces three coherent persons who are yet distinct one from another. These three are one essence, not one person. It is said, I and my Father are one, in respect of unity of being, not singularity of number. So we can see clearly that the Trinity was believed by the early Christians. Uh, Matthew chapter twenty, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty-one to twenty-three. He quotes, and it says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my." Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not speak in your name? Did we not cast out devils and perform many miracles in your name? 
then I will tell them openly, I have never known you. Get away from me, you workers of evil. Now, Farouk quotes this to say that the... Uh, that this is for all Christians, but clearly it is not. It is for fake Christians who didn't practice the, the faith. He says also that the book of Genesis is unscientific. On that he's correct. The Bible is not a science book, it's a spiritual book. And Genesis 1 is a poetic description of the creation of the world. But the Quran is unscientific as well. And we see that in chapter 22, verse 65, which says about Allah, he holds the sky from falling down upon the earth. This it shall not do except by his own will. So the Quran teaches us that the sky is hard and it could crash down upon us. He also says the Bible can't have been written by authors like Moses or Nehemiah because it talks about them in the third person. And the answer is it was common for ancient authors to write about themselves in the third person. Julius Caesar did that in his wars. Plus it was Jewish and Christian tradition that Moses wrote the Pentateuch in the third person. Furthermore, we find that in the Quran, the God who is supposed to have written it does the same discrepancy. In chapter 70, verse 40, the writer says, I, singular, I swear by the Lord of the East and of the West that we, plural now, have the power to replace them. That is a very confusing God that has written that. He also says that the inspired writings of Moses, David and Jesus are lost. Well, if they're lost, then it would be a failure of your God to preserve his holy scripture. And that means you cannot trust your Quran either to have been preserved. And the thing is, there's about 30 contradictory copies of the Arabic Quran. And many parts were lost. One chapter was eaten by a goat. He also says that the Bible is immoral because of Lot and his daughters, in which there's incest. And the thing is, the Bible does have stories about rape, murder, incest, but these are not what God approved of. These are stories about sinful things people did, and they were judged by God, they're not commands to go out and commit murder or incest. And for the record, the Quran has stories about people who did sinful deeds. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah is also written in the Quran. That doesn't mean it's a command to go out and do the things that the people in Sodom and Gomorrah did. Uh, Farouk also says the Trinity makes no sense. Well, God is infinitely greater than us mortals and we cannot expect to fully comprehend every mystery about God, but we still believe it. He says, was Jesus God even on the cross? The answer is yes, he was taking on the role of a servant and a sacrificial lamb to atone for our sins. 
And then he says, Jesus foretold Muhammad uh, in John chapter 14, but that's not the case. Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, as the text clearly says. And this was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon the first Christians. There's nothing in the Bible that mentions Muhammad. And in closing, I'm going to say that the Trinity is about a relational God, a God that created human beings out of love. God is love and God is Father. And these are alien concepts in Islam. So I will close by two quotes, one from the Bible and one from the Quran. In chapter 22, verse 15 of the Quran, it says, If anyone thinks that God will not give victory to his apostle in this world and in the world to come, let him tie a rope to the ceiling of his house and hang himself. Then let him ponder if his cunning has done away with that which has enraged him. So it says, if you doubt Islam, go and kill yourself. But Romans chapter 5 verse 8 in the Bible says, but God commends his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And a similar verse with the similar vein is John 3.16 For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you.